All right, well, there goes half the church, praise God. That's a good sign. Well, listen, um, I've got Mr. Miss, Mr. and Mrs. McDonough from Pickford. They, they are the caretakers um, of Northwoods Christian Camp. And I'm going to bring them up here in a few minutes. I, I want to I get to what i got to say today. I'm going to bring them up here at the end, and I'm going to have them talk about Northwoods a little bit. Um, all the things that go on at Northwoods. We are going to, at some point, be doing some things out there as well. We can do conferences out there, all kinds of stuff. We're going to start utilizing that beautiful facility. Um, um, and it's a nice place to just get away. Uh, maybe we'll have a leadership conference there, and we'll just go on vacation and call it a leadership conference. But we'll, we'll, we're, I want to utilize, start utilizing that facility, and there's some things that I've got in my heart that God wants us to do with both churches. And, and, um, but they're going to come and share a little bit about that. And, and so it is a, um, it's a phenomenal facility, and we want to just, I want you guys to know what's there. In our, it's in our area. It's in our region. So praise God. Well, listen, today I want to talk to you. Um, how many of you know that we're living in perilous times? Okay. So what? They lived in perilous times 2,000 years ago. Anybody been eaten by a lion lately or known anybody eaten by a lion? Did I mean didn't climb into the lion's cage at the zoo and get eaten? Hello? Or you could be like, what, the bear guy, the bear man? What, that guy in Alaska, he used to live, what they call him? Grizzly man. Yeah, he used to live, he'd go up there and live with the, the bears in Alaska and, you know, because I got to protect them and then they ate him. I haven't been fed to the lions. I haven't been crucified. I haven't been burned at the stake. So we're living in perilous times. Big deal. Guess what? God's bigger. But I want to talk about something today that there's a lot of chaos in the world. Many of you are going through some very difficult fights, and I'm not making light of any of that. In this message, I want you to understand, I'm not saying any of this is easy, but I know it's right. And I want to tell you today, the one thing that the enemy is really after is your joy. Why is he after your joy? Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. we got a lot of people walking around with not a lot of strength. How many of you ever had that day where, you know, just the couple, last couple of weeks, I woke up one morning, it was one of those days where I don't even want today to start. Let me just pull the covers over my head, roll over, and just forget that life even exists. Because it was one of those days where I just, I just didn't have strength to deal with anything. And I want to tell you something. I believe with all my heart, when your joy level goes down, your strength goes down. And, and so the, the title of this message is, Stop, Thief, You Cannot Steal My Joy. We have the authority. He can't take what's not his. All right, and so I want to talk to you about this a little bit. A lot of times, peace and joy are connected. Sometimes you don't have joy, you lose your peace. You lose your peace, your joy goes too. Um, you never, you don't, you don't believe me? You could be having a happy, perfect day, and all of a sudden somebody cuts you off. Your joy is gone just like that. Let me ask you something. How come we don't fight as hard to hang on to joy as we do anger and frustration? Anger and frustration comes bang that quick. How come joy doesn't come that fast? We got to work at it. Now, and I'm going to tell you something, and, and I'll get to this in a minute. <clears throat> I'm gonna, I want to talk about, yeah, we're having some trials. I want to start in Nehemiah, and I want to talk about Nehemiah for a minute. <clears throat> in chapter 8, verse 1 through 10. Now the Jews have returned during, in, in Nehemiah, here's kind of the background. The Jews have returned from 70 years of foreign captivity. 70 years. 
So there was, you've got to understand, there feasibly could have been somebody that was a year old that was 70 years old before they ever came out of captivity. 70 years in captivity, that's all they knew. All right? The Jews were not able to practice their religion in its entirety. In fact, for the most part, they didn't have access to the law of God. For most of the captives, whatever they knew of their faith came from their memory or the memories of others. All right? By the end of the 70 years, they'd forgotten far more than they remembered about the will of God. Okay, now Nehemiah rebuilt the temple. He rebuilt the wall surrounding Jerusalem. And understand, while he was building, if you read, they had a weapon in one hand and a working tool in the other because they were fighting while they were building. It's no different today. You want to go forward? You better, you're going to have to fight to go forward, and you're going to have to fight to maintain while we're building. So when they heard the word of God, they were profoundly grieved. Now Ezra, the priest, believed it was time to begin teaching the scriptures. So he began to teach. They were grieved and they were convicted. The more they heard, the more they realized just how much their fathers, they and themselves, had strayed from the will of God. Their failure, their failure was evident. Their guilt was obvious. They felt it deeply, and they wept in sorrow. And Nehemiah, who was the governor of Ezra, he said, um, the Levites who taught the people, this day is, is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for the, all the people wept when they heard the word of the law, words of the law. Then he said to them, now listen to this, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portion to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Lord, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. He's saying, hey, go and rejoice. Have a party. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Be merry, because the Lord, joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you know you can have joy today because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? What else on earth compares to that? I am going to heaven today, no matter what else comes. I can be joyful in that. But I'll tell you what happens is things come to try to steal your joy. It's called life. We're going through some tough times as a nation. We know that. But you know what? What's going on in Washington, D.C., what's going on in this country should not affect my joy in the Lord. Because He's my strength. And if we don't have joy in the Lord, we don't have strength. And when you don't have strength, you don't feel like doing anything. When you don't do anything, nothing happens. Can you, am I, are you read my lips good? Am I good? All right. Got to make sure. See, if you have joy in him, it'll give you strength. Now, this is what it says in Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Who's, and I want to clarify something. He said, I am righteous. Yes, you are. If you are born again, you are righteous. It's not our righteousness. We are righteous in Christ Jesus because in Christ Jesus is his righteousness. So guess what? If I'm in Christ, I am righteous. Deal with it. I am not some mudsucker. I'm a king's kid. Does that mean we don't have trouble? We don't have trials? We don't have tribulations? We don't have sin? We don't have to repent? No. But it means this is who I am and this is who I identify myself to be. I'm not less than. I'm more than because I am in Christ. And so my joy is in that. So for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, how many of you know when the Holy Spirit moved in, or you got born again, confessed Christ, saved the Holy Spirit, moved in? Guess what? You have joy. Why? Because it's in you. Because what is joy? 
If you read in Galatians, joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit of God that's in you, it's a fruit that should be coming out of you. There it is. If it's in there, let it come out. But the enemy tries to steal. Or I won't even say, well, he does, because the Bible says the enemy comes to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. If he can't steal it from you, can't take it from you, and he can't take it, he'll try to destroy it. Or he'll try to convince you you don't have it and can't use it. He will absolutely try to convince you. Because one of the problems we have in this nation, we look for joy in all the wrong places. If you think that your job is going to bring you joy, you are wrong. Now, you may be joyful in your job, you may be happy in your job, but does that bring you peace and joy when things are going right? Maybe. If you are looking for relationships to bring you joy, you are in trouble. Because I'm going to tell you, I stand, I've got 250 people that I stand before. Not all of them are joyful with me. A lot of them don't like me. A lot of them say bad things about me. If my joy is based on what people are saying, doing, or thinking about me, I am in trouble. Because, now listen to what I'm saying. Understand, when, when you're going along and somebody, somebody gouges you or hurts you, and, and it's legit, I get it. All of a sudden, how much strength do you have? But you're like, oh, I just can't, I can't get, I can't over, I just don't have the strength. All right? Your joy can't be in that person. My joy does not come from my wife. Her joy better not come from me because guess what? I'm not always the most joyful person to be around. I know it's hard for you to believe that, but really, I'm telling you the truth. It's the truth. Not always the easiest guy. You know? So this joy that I'm talking about comes from the Lord. Now, we know it's part, it's one of the holy, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, Somebody says, well, I just don't have any joy. Wrong! It's in there. It's like Prego. It's in there. You've got it. You just you need to allow God to use it or bring it out of you or let it come out of you or whatever it is you've got to do. Cultivate, it's a good word. Because, like I say, do you know, being joyful, you're going to have to practice that. <laughs> Some of, most of us are really good at frustration. Most of us are great at anger. A lot of us are great at just giving up. But cultivating joy in the midst of whatever is difficult. That's right. Who are you going to feed? Spirit man or the flesh? If you keep my commandments in John 15, 10, it says you'll abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Full joy. Fullness of joy. When's the last time you can honestly say, man, I was just full of joy. And it lasted until the phone rang. <laughs> or it lasted until I looked at that load of dirty laundry I got to do. Or it lasted until I said, I got to pick up my husband's socks one more time. Or it lasted as long as saying, doesn't he ever take out the garbage? Or it only lasts as long as saying, well, that wife quit nagging me about taking out the garbage? Where's your joy come from? It says in Psalm 16, verse 11, you will show me the path of life. In Now listen to this. I want to say this, and I, I'm not trying to be condemning. 
But I heard Jamie when he was playing today, and they were playing that song saying, the altar's open. I saw a couple people come up. Now, listen to what I'm saying, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Psalm 1611, second part. In your presence is the fullness of joy. When you have an opportunity to be in his presence, that's where the fullness of joy comes from, from being in his presence. I, I can confess to you, and this is me personally, when I'm not, and I'm not talking about spending four hours on the carpet with you on your face sucking carpet mites praying. I'm talking about spending time in the presence of God through, through his word, through prayer, just through going through your day, just fellowshipping with him, being in his presence. When you don't do that, don't tell me your joy level isn't down here. When you're in his presence, your joy level comes up. When your joy level comes up, guess what comes with? Your strength. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because over the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about a series I'm calling Casting the Net. Because to be able to go out and win this world and be the witnesses we're supposed to be, it's going to take strength. And your strength comes from the joy. You're going to have to have some joy in it because the people out there that you're witnessing to aren't going to give it to you. They're going to tell you, thank you so much for witnessing me. You're the greatest Christian on the planet. I am so happy that you came and you talked to me. I can't wait to see you again. If you're going to waiting for kudos or a pat on the back for your joy, you're in trouble. If you're waiting for that promotion, if I just get that promotion, I'll be happy. No, you will not. If you're not happy with a dime, you're not going to be happy with a dollar. My joy isn't in the money. Oh, I like money. I use money. If I got it, I'll spend it. My poor kids, I've already told them, don't plan on anything. You best get a job because dad ain't leaving you nothing. <laughs> well, that's not exactly true. I mean, I'll leave them something, but, but you know, I mean, but, but I, I don't have a children's savings account. I got a scout savings account, and my wife dips into it once in a while. No, no, we have an us account. You see... And listen, and here's the other thing. Now, we know that the thief doesn't, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We know that. Now, believe it or not, this is my sermonette, but here's what I want to talk to you about. I want you to think about some of the things in your life. And where is your joy? And again, if we believe, if you believe that the joy of the Lord is your strength, I confess to you, there's a whole bunch of the church folks that have no strength because they are not happy. And now, not so much in our churches, really, and I, I'm not saying this just because I'm the pastor, but in most churches, we don't see this too much, but I have been to some churches where people come in and they look like they just sucked on a sour pickle. You're not going to make me smile. I don't like you. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like that music. The drums are too loud. I don't like this. I don't like that. <clears throat> if they smile, their face will crack. Where's the joy? They're miserable. All the time they're miserable. Where's your joy level? It's got to come from the Lord. And where? From the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. Tell me. Tell me that you haven't had a time where you just spent some time with the Lord in worship in your own personal time or whatever, you walked out and faced a day like, Woo! I got this. No demon in hell can stop me. And then there's some days where you haven't done any of that and you walk out and the devil, bang! And you're like, well, I just can't get through. Wait a second. 
In my house, I am the authority. Okay? You come into my house, and I will invite you in as a guest, and I can invite you to the living room, but that's my authority. That is the exact same way it is with the enemy. We have authority over him, not him over us. He just tries to convince us that we don't have it. He tries to convince you, you can't be happy. There's no way you can be happy unless this and this and this and this and this. If I have a million dollars, I'll be happy. I know people that have had a million dollars. Now, we, I, I know contractors. They have millions of dollars that go through their hands. It's not theirs. It goes through their hands. But listen, you can have, a, again, I'll, I'll give you an example. I talked to Pastor Dwayne. I said, hey, have you got an extra 25000 laying around? You could send it. He said, great, I'll send it. If you have an extra $9 million for me, send it. All perspective. Perspective. They put a $20 million addition on their church a few years back. $20 million. Scout Hester can't even get his head wrapped around that many zeros. My God can, but I can't. I mean, somebody said, you know, put a million dollar addition on your church. I'd, I, 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 get behind me, Satan. Now, I would if somebody wrote a million dollar check because we're not going in debt for nothing. Period. But we're talking about joy. Now, I want to talk, how many of you know, I'm not much of a green thumb. Some people plant flowers in this. Me, I mow them down. Flowers are glorified weeds as far as I'm concerned. So, you don't believe me? What's a dandelion? That's right. Oh, they're beautiful. No, you cut them down, they keep coming back. But, you know, my wife and I have gone around and around because my poor wife, when we first got married, she'd, she'd stake out some of her plants stuff because I'd cut the grass you know and I'm not thinking about cutting the grass I probably got an attitude because I got to cut the grass <laughs> and so she put a little fence on it but somehow I would knock the fence over and mow her things down then she put steel stakes around it somehow I missed that all together I kept mowing her junk down but listen some of you that are green thumbs here's what I was going with that you plant a tree and sometimes you get these trees and like when it's blooming, you get these little suckers, they're called little suckers, that come off the, the, the base of the tree. And what do they do? They suck the nutrients from the tree so it can't get to the, the, the branches and all of that. And so what you're supposed to do, I guess, is you're supposed to cut those things off. So you need to cut the suckers off in your life. Cut them suckers off. All right, now, let me tell you some joy thieves. Maybe you can relate. All right, I'm going to need ushers up here shortly to protect me. Selfishness is a joy sucker. If it's all about me, 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 you are in a miserable place. Christ's example is he came to give. If you don't have a heart to give and a heart to love and it doesn't become about you, all, if it's about you all the time, whoo, miserable place. That sucks the life right out of you. You ever been around somebody that's selfish? Whew, a lot of fun, huh? Pride. You know that doesn't apply to anybody here. You know what else is a joy thief? Anger and frustration. Think about that. You get frustrated about something, you stay frustrated all day. How much joy are you having? Oh, that's a lot of fun. I want to hang out with you, buddy. Oh, here's one. Strife. 
sucks the joy out of everything. Whether you are sowing strife or whether you are entertaining strife, does not matter. That sucks the joy out of everything. And it's interesting to me because, you know, church splits just don't happen. They just don't one day, no, it starts with a fracture. Somebody gets disgruntled, and then pretty soon they grab another person that's disgruntled, and another person, and pretty soon they're having a little disgruntled meeting, and then pretty soon here's a fracture. And then there's a division, and it all comes from strife. We don't need that kind of stuff flowing around the body. Here's another joy sucker. Judging and being critical. It takes away joy and peace of mind. Fault finding can create a feeling of dissatisfaction in one's life until it destroys joy altogether. Now, when I first got saved, I was, I was pretty judgmental. I thought, you know what, everybody ought to be the way I am because I'm the only one that's holy and righteous. I got slapped around a whole bunch, learned a whole bunch. I had some very seasoned people around me that corrected me. And guess what? I was smart enough to be corrected, smart enough to accept the correction and say, I'll change directions. I just want to be all God wants me to be. But being critical will suck the joy out of your life. Or being criticized will suck the joy out of your life. Boy, there's times, man, I am, I, you know, and, I, and, and again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not pumping for compliments here. But, I mean, it's, it's nice once in a while here, Pastor, thanks so much, great job. You know, I'm like, ooh, that's like Popeye to spinach. <laughs> but then when I get criticized, it's almost like, my strength just goes, it's like, oh, I, just, I just want to quit. I don't know about that's you in your life. But in my life, it's just like, oh, my joy level is just gone. But then again, then I've got to remind myself, stop. It's not about the people or what's being said or the circumstances. My joy is in him, and I've got to obey him, and that's where my strength comes from. So I'm going to obey him, and I'm going to love the one that's criticizing regardless. I had a guy when I, used, when, I, when I was working, I had a guy that would not speak to me for two years. I don't know what I even did. I even asked him what I do. He wouldn't talk to me about it. Probably did. Every single day, every single day, I greeted him. Good morning. How you doing, man? Oh, he would just... Arr! But my joy level could not be de determined by him. I'm not giving him that kind of power in my life. My joy comes from the Lord, and that's where my strength lies as well. Circumstances. Circumstances in life can suck the joy right out of life, but your joy comes from him. And there, therefore, there is your strength. No matter what you're going through, you can still have some joy in your life because your joy comes from him. It's not based on your circumstances, what people say, what people think. That's why I believe every kid on the planet of course, we'd probably have a meltdown. Every kid on the planet should just do away with, everybody should do away with cell phones and social media. I know I would have a hard time with that because I'm one that walks, me and my wife are walking and the phone rings and I'm breaking out in a cold sweat because she says, don't answer it, don't answer it. And I'm like, but it's the phone. It's the phone. The phone is ringing. Like the phone's got some authority over me and I have to obey it. Yeah. George Bardet is an apostle in Argentina, he's probably got 50 churches, had this, this saying. He says, my computer, it gives me problems. I have authority. I shut it off. <laughs> wow, what a concept. Because what's happening on 
social media, social media is creating circumstances for people to feel lousy about themselves and suck the joy right out of their life. You could be going along great. You, you, I guess Snapchat's the big thing. I don't know. And somebody, you post something and some kid doesn't like it. Wham! My joy's gone. My self-worth is terrible. Wait a second. Shut that thing off. When I was in school, I never knew people didn't like me because we didn't have social media and they're not going to come in. <laughs> And they're, not, and they're certainly not going to come to your face and say, hey, I don't like you. I just went to school thinking everybody loved me. I didn't know any better. Why? Because nobody come and say, you know what, I really don't like you. Now, I had a couple of brawls with a couple of guys, but you, know, you, you bloody each other's nose and it's over. Girls, it lasts forever. I don't know what it is about girls, but it goes on and it goes on and it goes on forever. Guess what? If you're one of those and you're here today, that's called unforgiveness, just by the way. All right, so circumstance. I beat that one to death. Not making an effort to spiritually grow. That will suck the joy out of your life. People, negative people, slandering, divisive. We got to cut those suckers off. How do you hold on to joy? You meditate on the word, you read on the word, you trust the word, not your circumstances. You sow joy into somebody's life. You look at, I'll tell you one of the greatest ways, and my wife is so good about this, one of the greatest ways to find joy in your life, be thankful for what God has done. Yeah, but God, you, but look where I'm at. I'm down here and they're up there. Who cares? Where are you at? Be thankful for what God has you, where you're at and what God has done. Be thankful. Thankful. Exactly. I get, I get all out of sorts and my wife will say, well, you need to find something to be thankful for. I don't want to. I want to be aggravated. I want to be angry. I want to be frustrated. I want you to be frustrated with me. And she won't. Submit, woman. No, that's the wrong submission. But she says, no, what are you thankful for? Well, all right, I'm thankful. And all of a sudden, you start being thankful for what God's given you. All of a sudden, man. Joy Level's like, hey, wait a second. Maybe life isn't so bad after all. If you're basing your joy on what's going on in the world and what's going on in Washington, D.C., who's the president and not the president, you're in trouble. In trouble. Now, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to bring you guys up. The reason, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little story. I, I, it popped up. On, I was on my computer, and it was popped up. I don't know. And it was just a little video. And there was a young man in a plane. And apparently, I don't know if he had a, a Make America Great Again hat on, or somehow he, somehow he was some kind of a Trump supporter. And I'm not Trump supporter, not a Trump supporter. That's not where this story is going. He was sitting in a plane, and there was an elderly couple sitting next to him. And this lady, for whatever reason, found out that he was a Trump supporter, and she just started ragging on this kid. He just stepped forward, didn't say anything, and... This lady made a big ruckus, called the stewardess over. Come here, come here, come here. Stewardess says, can I help you? Is there a problem? Yes. I don't want this young man in my area. I want you to find him another seat. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. And so the stewardess said, what seems to be the problem? And the young man said to him, says, ma'am, I don't know. I'm just sitting here minding my business. He came back from some celebration. I think he was coming back from a rally. Just come back and we were celebrating and, and she's, you know... Well, this lady just wouldn't, and she was just ragging on about that, 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 that. Finally, they threw her off the plane. All right, now, 
Now listen, it isn't about Trump, not Trump. It, it's about this. And why did I tell this story? Because just, and so I wonder to myself, how many people are afraid to even admit that they maybe even voted for the guy? All right? Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. Right, and, and whether you're, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, Independent, I'm Christian, and I'm just whatever. I, I'm not into the political end of things. I look at what's Christ and what's not Christ, and if it's not Christ, I can't vote for that, and if it's Christ, I'll vote for it. Forget all that stuff. Now, enough said. Yeah, enough said. So, here's my point. My point is, is if, if that young man's joy, if his joy was based on people accepting him, he wouldn't have any. If your joy is based on people accepting what we're going to go out there and present to them, and that's where our self-esteem comes from, and that's where our joy comes from, we are going to be sad a lot. Why? Because our joy cannot come from how we're received or what people say or what people think or what people do. It's got to come from Him because that's our strength. Because according to the Bible, they're going to hate you. And if you don't think that's already started, just, I mean, if, if they hate you for wearing a mega hat, good Lord, what are you going to do when you put the Jesus hat on? It is okay for now. But don't worry, it's coming to a theater near you. That's exactly right. And I'll tell you what else. People ask me, they say, well, where do you go to church? I go to that church. I don't even tell them the name. I just say that church. They know what I'm talking about. I go to that cult. I had a guy ask me, and I'm sorry I'm cutting into your time. But finish with this. I had a guy one time. I was, in a, I was in a convenience store, and it was a Sunday morning before service in Cedarville. And this guy, you could tell he'd, he'd been up most of the night probably having a few spirits. Okay? Not the holy ones. And, and the, one of the guys in there said, well, hey, pastor, how you doing? This guy said, ah, you're a pastor, huh? What kind of church do you, what kind of church do you, do you have? And I said, I said, a Holy Ghost, demon-thumping, Bible-thumping, demon-chasing-on-fire-for-God church. He said, oh, one of those. I said, yeah, I go to that church. He says, do you one of them churches that handle them there, snakes? <laughs> and I says, only dead ones. So listen, you can't base. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. My, my elders handle that. You cannot base your joy on those types of things, circumstances, people. People come, and the reason I shared that story is we are going to have to have the joy of the Lord that is our strength to be able to go out and witness and, and be what this world has called us to be because that's where we're headed next. I'm going to be talking a lot about evangelism and getting out there and what it's going to look like. And, and I truly believe with all my heart this next move of God is coming through relationships. Say it. It took the strength right out of you. 
Amen. That's exactly right. And you can, and the thing it is, he's with you all the time, all the time. That's really great. Well, you know what? I could have just sat down and shut up. You just read that, and we'd have been good. Yeah. I just want to say something to the church. Servers do not get paid very much. And I was going to address that myself. If you, are a, if, if, if you come to this church and you go out to dinner, either leave a, a decent tip or don't let anybody know you come to church here. Well... That kind of stuff, that kind of stuff irritates me. That's a horrible witness. That is a horrible witness. Let me just make that. Well, that's what they're paid to do. Not very much. You go work with people like you all the time. See how you like it. All right, please, Mr. and Mr. McDonough, get me out of here. Come on up. They're going to share. Give them about 10 minutes, if you will. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to me today. Come on up, buddy. Glad to have you. You're not coming with him today? Oh, solo. I see. So we're stretching you today. That's all right. Oh, let me give you a microphone. This will make you real nervous. Thank you for having me. Um, manager of Northwoods Christian Camp with my wife. Uh, we have two little boys, uh, James and... Hudson. Um, Lorene was saved at the age of five after hearing uh, gospel from her mother, and I got saved at a camp in Minnesota um, after hearing about for forgiveness. Um, we're both from Rudyard. Uh, we lived in the same town for how long? Ten years-ish? Never met each other. Not a single one in Rudyard. That's it's very unique. For my benefit. Um, we were hired at, at, as managers at Northwoods three days before um, our oldest was born. So that was a very uh, interesting time in our life, moving, starting a new job, having a, a little one to take after. It was, it was a very crazy uh, part of our life. Um, I work for Charter. I actually see some faces here that I have been in your houses and hooked up your Charter. Don't see me after about that, please. <laughs> Um, Lorreen teaches piano lessons, and her biggest thing, um, her second biggest thing, is she does all the office work and, and school or and um, administrative duties for Northwoods. And then she also her big thing is she's a home she's uh, homeschooling uh, both of our kids. So 
pray for her. That I could not do that. Um, present ministries at Northwoods. Um, we have a Northwoods junior camp that Peggy Hill, we, we mentioned her earlier. Peggy Hill started that, and she had done that for 20 years plus. Um, when we came on, they handed that off to Lorene because they saw that she just has the sweetest spirit in the world for kids. Um, so she's pretty much the main person for that. She sets it all up, organizes it. Um, that's been held since 1986. Uh, many of your kids I know have been there. Um, I really get off track too, so bear with me, please. Um, then we also, we started, we didn't have one the last two years, but we're trying to get back into the, the run of things. We have also have a winter teen retreat. Um, so that's just a really good opportunity, especially in the winter when there's really not much going on, that we can get some teens out there and refresh them and get them interested in the gospel and, and just bathe them in scripture. Um, many of you know Dan Hamel. Um, he runs Child Evangelism Fellowship and the Good News Clubs. They take teens, they train them, um, teach them all the things and the, the steps to lead someone to the Lord and, and to just express their, their joy of Christ. And then they take even littler kids and stuff them in a classroom and make them take care of them. And it's, it's basically a really good uh, babysitting for two weeks. So. And they just get bathed in, in gospel and, and Jesus. And it, it's a great opportunity. There's so many salvations. And that, that's where your joy should be. That's another thing of where your joy should be. It's, it's reaching out and getting kids excited about Jesus and loving Jesus. Um, my wife have recently started a uh, ladies' autumn retreat. That's held the first weekend in October. Um, they, they, they do so many things. They, they do um, crafts. They, they have devotion time. And they have the important thing that I know Lorena's talked about, um, they have time designated just to go out and read your Bible. It's not like it's, it's you got to do this, then this, then this, then this. No, they give you time that you can go out and you can sit under a pine tree, watch the sun, sunrise or sunset, and just read your Bible and just be, get bathed in the, the beauty of God. Um, future visions for our camp. We don't have a big teen hit other than that teen winter re retreat, which we haven't done the last few years. So we'd really like to see more teen camps. That's in the summer and the winter. Um, men's retreat. We don't have, there's a lack of that, and I see in, in all communities, statewide, nationwide. That's where our country is leading right now. There's a lack of ministry towards men. I, I, I cannot stress it enough that, that older men need to take younger men, and I am definitely way in that younger men category that there's discipleship that's needed throughout all walks of life. Um, so that is one thing that we're really trying to hit. And if you are interested at all in those kind of things, if leading them, involving in them, being a part of it, just attending it, please don't hesitate to let us know. Um, before I forget, on that back table where I think the sign-in for the nursery, I have a, there's a stack of newsletters for our current thing, and there's also membership forms just so you can get our information, and, and we'll also get email addresses for anyone that would like to receive those online. Um, ways you can help the camp. Um, many of you saw in the newspaper this year that we lost a cabin. Snow just collapsed the roof. It's a total loss. Um, so there's always construction projects. There's always lawn mowing. There's trees fall down all the time. There's always something. If you'd like to get involved in a ministry specifically with kids or at the ladies' retreat, I know my wife loves help. Um, there's always something to get involved. Um, and that's, that's another caveat, too. That's where you can find your joy. You can go and promote and help. And that, There's nothing better when I get a group of guys going together. Several of you, the men in this room right now I know we're at, are, we 
a wood cutting bee in a men's breakfast and I don't I had a great time and I know they did too so it's just a really good opportunity working together um, the other thing that you can do for us obviously is you can give to us we will always take your money we will always take cash check credit card whatever you want to give us we will always take that um, most important thing in my opinion as, as a, a missionary to the Eastern Upper Peninsula, um, pray for us. Pray for unity with the board. There's, there's 13 board members. There's us. Try to get 13 people in a room all agreeing on something. That's just, that's a lot. But we all have unity. We all see the sight of what's our main goal. Our main goal is to excite kids for Christ and get them saved and lead them on the, the straight and narrow path. Um, pray for protection for the camp. The devil is out there. He's defeated, but he's not going to stop his attacks. So pray for protection for our camp, legally, administratively. Pray for Lorena and I to have unity. Please, pray for Lorena and I to have unity. Pray for me to be humble and not be that guy. Um, <laughs> we all know that guy. Um, and like I said, pray for provisions for the camp. So we really appreciate you guys um, giving me time up here. Mm -hmm. I think my time, I got like two minutes. You're good. You're Perfect. Good. I, have two, I have two little spots of scripture just to uh, give my own personal testimony. Um, the first uh, chunk of scripture is in Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 4. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy, and ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let us each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. That's, that, that's, a, that's a binding verse for me for the camp and just being unified for the cause of Christ. Get out there and spread the gospel. We have a unique opportunity. We don't have to go out we should still we're here but we don't have to go out we get the kids to come to us we we get these these ministries and we have the opportunity to bring churches in and we get to share the gospel or fellowship with each other or just be recharged for god so that's just a it's a wonderful opportunity that we have pardon me and then uh first corinthians 1552. Uh, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptibly, and we shall be changed. Um, General Electric, some of you have heard this before if you went to the men's retreat or you were at the service two weeks ago. Um, General Electric said that a twinkling of an eye is 11 one hundredths of a second. That's, that's, a, that's a lot. Or that's, that's very little. That's a very little amount of time. That's less than a blink. That's it's such a small amount of time, but that's where a turning point is. That's where a change is. Um, there are things that happened in my life. Hudson, Jimmy, those are, those are changes that, there's a little bit more to it, but essentially at one point we decide to do something or not do something. Um, the camp, we decide to be at the camp or not to be at the camp. Um, when I asked my wife to marry me, it was a decision that took a long time for me to figure out, but she knew right away. Um, all of you here, you could have decided not to come to church. Um, in sixth grade, I had no joy. I didn't. I had joy in 
people liking me. I had joy in the things of the world. Well, I didn't have any joy. Right. So I attempted to kill myself. And in the twinkling of the eye, um, I had, a, I had a, a gun in my mouth, and I pulled the trigger, and that gun didn't go off. In 11 one-hundredths of a second, in that twinkling of an eye, God saved my life. That was a, a directional change. God had a plan for me, and he sent me down a different path. Um, but without that, sixth grade instant that God changed my life, all of you wouldn't be here in front of me. Some of you might agree with that, good or not. Uh, my wife wouldn't be with me. The camp wouldn't have us as the managers. Jimmy and Hudson wouldn't be here. So the joy cannot come from the world, and it cannot come from how other people think of you. The joy comes from God. So thank you. That's a good message. <laughs> thank you. Praise God. Well, listen. Um, you know, they, they asked me to come, and they've been at both churches just to share about what Northwoods is about and what they do. Um, and they do a lot of stuff. They do a lot of stuff. Um, but what I want to do, huh? There's a, yeah, you can't shoot them, though. They got them posted everywhere. You just, yeah, but they're like pets. Oh, yeah, we work some out. Yeah, I like it. Praise God. You know, I'm not much of a hunter because I don't have the patience to hunt, but I'll buy a license and hire an assassin. Anyway, listen, what I would like to do, if we get a couple of buckets at the back, I would like you to just, if you have any cash, we would like to take an offering for them. They didn't ask for an offering. They didn't come for an offering. You know, they wouldn't, they'd probably be embarrassed by me taking one. But you know what? I want to bless them because sometimes everybody, once in a while, somebody needs to be, be encouraged because you know what? They do a lot of stuff out there, and it's thankless. They, you know, they're only, you know, it's when somebody needs something and they've got a demand put on them and when it's not done right, they, they're the first to hear about it. But when they're out there and he's out there and they're out there shoveling 45 roofs all winter long by themselves or getting a little bit of help, you know, I want to encourage them today as well. So if, if, if you're going to make a check, you'll have to make it out to, who do you want it made out to? Okay, name? Jake Dunoff, D-U-N, huh? MC Mick Dunoff, yeah, Mick Dunoff, okay. Or if you're just going to cash put in the thing, we're just going to give it all to them. Just because I just feel like I want to bless them, because it's a big ministry in our area, and we want, we're going to start utilizing that. Some you'll see us out there. We're going to start. We're going to start using you. <laughs> Amen. Hey, thanks for hanging in there with me today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Remember that this week. When, when trouble comes, you get your joy from Him, and He's your strength. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. Oh, yeah. Stay and eat. God bless the food back there. You guys, you got a free meal today. You don't even have to cook. <laughs>